Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Still in Motion podcast, where we talk about dance and dance photography from both sides of the camera. I'm Catherine. I'm Jonathan. And we're back to just the two of us for today. Yeah. I mean, it's been, I want to say, it's been really fun having guests on. Um, thank you again to Ellen and Hope. And we have some more guests lined up, but uh, I think it's kind of nice that we sprinkle in some uh, Just Us episodes in between those conversations. Although, to be honest, right now with quarantine, I don't know, we might just run out of content. So it's good that we have guests on. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that today. I was like, what are we going <laughs> to talk like, about? <laughs> yeah, today might be a really short episode. <laughs> or not. Who knows? Uh. We'll see where it goes. But yeah, having the guests has been amazing. I hope everybody who's listening has been enjoying it, but I've been loving it. So I'm glad we're going to keep doing it for a while. Yeah. And it's a fun, I think, just experiment for us to learn how to best. It's very different just the two of us talking and then having to like be an interviewer. Like It's just a different experience. Yeah, because we're not interviewing each other. We're having a conversation. But then when the other person gets added in, it's not. I feel like with Hope, it felt a lot like a three-way conversation. Mm-hmm. But there is like a different amount of responsibility, <laughs> you know, like we have to like keep the keep it going or like have questions ready. Like, I, I don't know. It's definitely, I think, more challenging on our end. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, how I mean, actually, actually, I think I do want to just start this podcast um, because both of us are part of the Bates community and um, we lost um, someone, a huge pillar in the community um, just two days ago as of this recording. I'm Nancy Stark Smith. If you don't know her, she was one of the founders or one of the pioneers of um, contact improvisation. Um, and um, uh, unfortunately, she passed away this past Friday. So, um, I mean, I've been I saw so many posts on social media um, just yesterday. And it's like it's it's crazy that um, we've lost her. She was she was a huge impact on me. I know personally because um, I do a lot of contact improv and um, I got to take a workshop with her when I was still at Maryland actually like years ago and then I took pictures of her one summer at Bates um and she's she was an, inc an incredible person and you've taken class with her too right yeah yeah I first learned about her at Colby um and then was super excited to take her class at Bates in 2015 um and it was like so impactful for me she's just like a brilliant teacher um, and a lot of things that she said in there, I like, I think about even not in a dance context, just teaching in general and like life in general, like she's incredible, but yeah, it's just very surreal because she's kind of the first person who's been like an actual mentor and teacher that has passed away <laughs> mm, for me, yeah. you know, like yeah, just thinking one day it's like, I can send her an email and then the next day it's like, I can't like, I mean, that's how it works in life but you know it's weird to like have somebody who who you've actually like danced with like we were partners all the time because like we were kind of the same height it's weird to think that this person like you were flying on her shoulder and now like you can't anymore yeah but yeah it's it's a lot but also the whole facebook community just has been like amazing like i know a lot of people don't use facebook and when I talk to people who aren't dancers, they're like, oh, no one uses Facebook anymore. Why do you use Facebook? And I always say that it's kind of like the LinkedIn for the dance community. Like we're all <laughs> on it. And it's like, you know, it's how we know about shows and events and all kinds of stuff. And yesterday, every single post on Facebook was like beautiful stuff about her and pictures and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, I'm definitely glad to be on Facebook still. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, for those of you who don't 
uh, maybe aren't familiar with contact improvisation, it's uh, like how, how to explain this. It's a dance form that is based on the concept of um, kind of always staying in contact with another person, but it's based off of improvisation. Improvisation, so you're not. It's not choreographed. You're kind of making it up as you go, but it focuses a lot on weight shift and transfer of weight and just staying in contact with at least one other person, sometimes more than one person. Um, it was started um, by Steve Paxton, right, at Bennington College? Yeah. Um, and it was all based on, like, the principles of physics, which, you know, I love because I was a physics minor. Um, but it's the whole study is just when two bodies collide in space like what happens when two people become one center point of contact um so but from like watching nancy perform and stuff like there is a certain amount of making compositional choices that happens when you're performing like you're not just like passive and along for the ride like you are you can decide to like shift your weight away or together um i think a lot of people think you're just like a limp noodle like Whatever, wherever the dance takes me, it takes me. But she definitely doesn't perform that way. It's very playful. It can. It is like a, going to a contact jam is like so sweaty and so intense. Yeah, yeah. If you're watching it, it definitely might feel like people are just noodling around and being really limp. But there is definitely a lot of not. I'm, I was gonna say strength, but it's not really strength because it's really more about figuring out where to place the weight. Be, and and what I really loved like learning and watching Nancy do contact is she was like the embodiment of like the principles of contact. Cause you would see her, she was like what a five foot little lady, you know, like maybe a hundred so pounds, but she would be doing contact with like a full grown, you know, 200 pound man and, or like maybe not 200 pounds, but like much bigger, much heavier than her. And still you would see her jumping on that person, lifting that person on her shoulders, like, it was just kind of amazing and it was and you know sometimes i feel like when you watch other teachers explain the pr- principles it might be like oh but you're bigger you're just kind of like you're muscling them up or you're even though they're not but it can seem that way but in her case you're like wow like you really n- are truly transferring the weight to where it needs to be you're stacking your weight you're you know like all those like you could really see the principles working through her as she danced with people um and yeah and she's also just like one of the nicest people ever yeah in the form it's like anybody can lift anyone is kind of the idea and like you don't believe it until you see someone like nancy do it and you're like okay yeah anyone can lift anyone um but she also like never got injured that was the other thing is because (laughs) the whole form is about like you know you learn like how to fall in a safe way and all of this stuff yeah she made it very safe well and what's crazy is i remember before i saw her do contact I was very much a, um, not play it safe, but, you know, I didn't, I, w- I would say um, I was never, like, the instigator. Like, I would always be, like, reading the flow and going with the flow of the person. And then I saw her always, like, jumping on other people and trying to just, like, see what would happen. And then I was like, oh, that's a thing. Okay. And I would say very much so right now when I do contact, I'm very much the instigator. Like, I will, like, on purpose always try to mess up or disrupt the flow that we i have been creating with the, per- the person to see what can come out of it um and i definitely got that from watching her um, mm-hmm. yeah and the form cha- has changed like so much over time when it first started it was actually it was really clunky like you see videos there i just was looking it up um 
there's a video called fall after newton that's like a documentary all about contact improvisation that she's in um it's on youtube if you want to check it out um but at bates in 2015 she we watched it over lunch and she like narrated it it was really funny like to get oh her that's perspective. so cool as the video was happening but when it first started you know it was a bunch of people in a gym just literally running at each other crashing into each other and seeing what happened um (laughs) and if you look at like more recent videos it's really it's definitely more smooth and there are like more like i don't know uh signature contact improvisation moves that you'll see happen like certain ways of putting your shoulder against someone and you know that they want to fly in a certain way and i almost like like it more when it was just starting and you didn't know what was going to happen like the the mm-hmm. two people come together into one point of contact and like infinite possibilities can happen but you don't know and now right. a lot of times in the form it seems like you're literally setting up you're one of like the go, six yeah, moves yeah, into the yeah yeah so it's definitely changed a lot i'm sure it's going to keep changing um but yeah side note actually when I found out about Nancy, I went back through my old pictures I was and just wanted to see like what old pictures I could find of Nancy from Bates. And wow, that, uh, let's see, it, it was 2017 when she was teaching and I was taking pictures and my organization structure was terrible. I like, I wish I could go back to 2017 me and like slap myself because the way I organized the files was so bad. It was so hard to find the images. And this was when it was just me as the intern. And so, like, I think I was just worried about getting them done quickly, you know, every night. And I wasn't thinking so much about how to find it later. So, like, when we did it, for example, you know, we, uh, how do we do it? We did it by day, but then within each folder, we also grouped it by class, right? So, and it was like the date and the folder and even the file name would be like date the teacher's last name or something like that you know so it was very easy to find and organize 2017 me i just did the day and then the all the files were just like the day and the and bdf so like i might have gone to like three different classes that day but all of them just said the date i was like oh my gosh what was i thinking <laughs> so so i had to click through every single folder to find the images i was looking for I was yeah like, oh wow. my gosh so organization is so important. If you're, please, if you are not organizing your <laughs> images, do that. <laughs> Figure out a system that works. <laughs> I had the same experience last night because I know I have some pictures that you didn't take because this was before you were the intern, I think, um, from when I was in class with her. And I know I have some pictures somewhere of like me dancing with her and I was looking for them and I couldn't find them anywhere. <laughs> like I've gotten a new computer since then, but I think everything was from the other computer, like backed up somewhere. I have like a bunch of external hard drives back in New York that I don't have access to right now. But it's just mm. so frustrating when it's like, I know I have this this one image and today is the day that I should put it on my Instagram story or something. Like I need yeah. it right now and I can't find it. Yeah, I'm so bad with personal images and organizing. Like I was, Same thing. I was like, oh, I, I know I have a picture with her when I was at Bates like at the end of the festival. I, I am like 85% sure I taken a picture with her. And I was like, but I don't know where it is. I have no idea what happened to it, you know. And it's just like <sighs> I, I think I had a new, I had a different phone back then, and like I don't know if I had backed it up to the cloud, and like I just could not find it. It was really frustrating, actually. It's also easier to find images when you have fewer of them on your computer. So like I understand why I wasn't so particular about saving them in certain places because back then I didn't 
do photography, I didn't have that many. They were right. all in like iPhoto and I could easily find them. The problem mm -hmm. now is that I have so many that it's like anything that's not organized, I can't really find anymore. Yep. But I hope I'll be able to find it at some point. Yeah. I know it exists. I, I wouldn't have <laughs> deleted it. Um, but yeah, anyways, I, I also just want to say um, our thoughts are with uh, Mike Vargas, her partner. I'm sure, you know, I can't imagine what he's going through right now. Um, but, you know, our the dance community is so tight and like there's so much support that um, that's one of the great things about it. Yeah. Um, anyways, moving forward so we don't get stuck on, I don't know, I feel like we could talk about Nancy and contact for a while. But um, how have you been the past week or so? I've been good. Um, time's really kind of like I'm losing track of it. <laughs> I've been in Michigan for a while. I don't know how long, like many weeks at this point. It's been, I guess, yeah, that's a crazy. Month. Um, it's been good. Like the weather's just starting to get nice, and honestly, it doesn't feel like there's even a pandemic here, which is kind of weird. I went to the grocery store yesterday, and I think there, I only saw one other person in there wearing a mask, but like I was wearing a mask because coming from new york i know how scary it can get really fast so like right. i'm wearing a mask so are there any of those like social distancing measures in the grocery stores like for example when i go to safeway they have like things on the floor to show you like six feet apart when you're like in line for the groceries and like all those kinds of things the bigger grocery store has like one-way arrows down the aisles to i think get people so that they're not like crisscrossing past each other everyone just can be like a train just marching through um the i was at a smaller grocery store yesterday and it's they didn't have anything set up like i don't know it just feels very That's so normal. interesting yeah <laughs> um so yeah it's actually now that it's getting warmer here it's like actually really easy to forget that there's anything happening in the world like why am i not in new york like i don't know um <laughs> <laughs> but also um, I'm like working from home, which still feels a little weird. Um, mm -hmm. So that's a nice daily reminder <laughs> that something's happening out there. Uh, yeah, but I've been doing pretty well. How have you been doing? Good. I mean, it's weird because I feel like as I start to get less and less busy at dance place because I'm able to delegate things, then I uh, find new problems to solve that, that i then have to figure out and then i'm back to being super busy again <laughs> yeah so uh it yeah it never seems to really slow down but the things that i'm worrying about seem to keep changing which is weird but yeah we are plugging along at dance place and all, at all my studios it's really weird i'm teaching more classes on zoom now and i've been I finally started getting some of my Amazon orders in to like get better video quality and all those things. I know I've been uh, seeing your Instagram <laughs> stories and stuff. It's so high tech. So many dance teachers, I think, just put their phone on a little tripod. But your students are lucky. <laughs> well, You've and I'm still messing around with it. And I will say, I was because I was talking about this with my friend the other day. I am definitely one of those people where like I want to see how high tech and complicated I can make my setup, see if it works. And then from there, figure out how to simplify it where it's like simple and easy to like set up every single time. Because the way I have it right now, when I was testing, I was like, there's no way I would do this every single time. It's way too much work to set up for my students. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but just to tell people, so right now I, I was trying, I have two, actually, 
I have two LED video lights in the front and then one colored LED in the back to give me some separation from the background and just to make it more interesting. And then I'm using my DSLR. I bought a video card that finally came in because those were all sold out for forever. But basically I use that to connect it to my computer. So now I can use my DSLR camera as my webcam. So the quality is way better. Nice. Um, and then I connect my laptop to my TV screen. So then my students are bigger on Zoom. So when I teach, I, it's easier to see them and give feedback. And then I have a headset that I bought. So then I, I come in much clearer um, when I'm teaching and they can still hear me when I play music. So that's my current like super, super high tech setup, which I'm sure will not be this case every single time. Um, but it was just fun to see like how I could make it as high quality as possible. And actually I'm not quite done yet because I found what doesn't work is um, my internet still fluctuates a little bit sometimes. And so my signal, sometimes my students can't hear me and you know, all those annoying mm -hmm. things that happen just when you're streaming. Um, so I bought an ethernet adapter to, for my laptop so I can plug my laptop directly into my router. So I'm hoping that will make my signal super stable and not run into those like stuttering lagging issues, but we'll, we'll see. Nice. That doesn't actually sound that complicated of a setup. It, like it it's isn't got when you lights. say it, but, um, it's a lot more work to set up than, you know, just like turning on my laptop and then going. <laughs> yeah. So, cause up until this point I've, I put one of my, um, I have a, a moment wide angle lens for my cell phone and I've been taping that to my webcam <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and, you know, so and then, and then the lights are easy. I just kind of leave them in place and I turn them on and off. It's the it's the DSLR that's annoying because I have to like plug it into the capture card, and then plug that into the laptop and set it up on the tripod and right. you know, all that. So it, it it is a little bit more work. Um, but yeah, we'll see how it go how it goes and what I end up actually using. Yeah, <laughs> sounds cool. Yeah, I mean it's tricky because people are like, this is for your dance studio, right? Mm hmm. It's like parents are paying for these classes so i don't know like i think it's a good thing that you're trying to put in some extra effort to make it an even better experience for the kids like if you yeah. just found a corner on carpet and like stuck your laptop there and people can't see you and people can't hear you it's like what are we even doing <laughs> yeah well and part of it is also i was just curious on like how what is the easiest and most cost efficient way to increase the quality of your Zoom class because none of us know how long this is going to last. And yeah. so if we need to end up doing Zoom classes for a while, you know, then like we should be investing in some gear and some equipment. So, you know, like I think there, like the grace period that we had as teachers and having crappy video is starting to come to an end. I think when it first started all the quarantine stuff, you know, people were just very appreciative that we were doing something. And yeah. now that we're kind of in that groove and it looks like we might be doing it a little bit longer, you know, then I think we might have to like across the board, like all teachers might have to start thinking about how to increase the quality of your video to justify students still paying for it or parents still paying for it, you know, but mm -hmm. moving forward, it's hard, you know, cause not, a lot of studios are, I don't know, parents m might not be able to keep paying for dance class, especially if it's not, you know, in person. And I don't know, it's it's definitely hard figuring it out. And every studio is different. So I don't know. We'll see. 
Yeah, the competition is different too, though, because now you don't have to only be by a certain like studio geographically to take part in their class. So if I'm if I have a kid that's taking a class from another DC studio and their videos are really awful and like you can't even see the teacher and I learn that your video looks the way yours does, like it would be easy to switch over, you know, even if yeah, it's a two hour true. drive in real life, like you kind of have to up your game or else it's easy. Like, I don't know, just thinking not not the dance studio world, but just the professional dance classes. There are so many right now. Like there were like four that were happening this weekend. Right. So if I take one and there's a lot of technical difficulties and stuff, well, next weekend I'll take a different one. Like it's like one shot and it's over, you know, it's kind of, I mean, I will say though, I think right now the intention for all the studios I, I teach at, and I think for most studios that don't operate on a, like a drop in class format, um, it's really more about keeping the students you already had and that sense of community. Cause I think that's a big part of it that students are missing not so much the train like you can only train so much at home like so you know and the teachers it's hard to give feedback and so like that i think is something that we're all still trying to figure out on that end of it but you know as far as like all your friends that you go take class with you know that's something that students still want so i think that's that is probably the bigger reason why they would stay with this the particular studio Mm -hmm. even if video quality quality may not be the best but you know if you're in zoom class with your friends that's still a big reason why you would do that versus going to take, you know, a class with, I don't know, movement lifestyle on the West Coast virtually. The teachers are great, you know, and maybe you'll get better training, but you won't get the same sense of community, you know. So there are lots of lots of different factors that are just going into this. But um, as just as someone who is who likes to tinker on the tech side, you know, I it's funny because we put together um a fun video for one of the studios from all the teachers and each of us taught like a a little short segment of like a workout video or dance workout video um and my video quality is very very clearly better than everyone else's (laughs) because they were all filming on their phones and or whatever and just like it was just funny (laughs) Um, i mean i think it's great i think any opportunity to like if doing video and photography and stuff is like your job any opportunity to like put good content out there i think you should take it yeah i totally support it even if it's a little bit of extra time to set up it's like i don't know i think it's it's good in the end it reminds people that this is what you do like oh check out like like uh jonathan's video looks so good oh that's because he's does video and photography and stuff like okay <laughs> yeah it's a good reminder mm-hmm, totally anyway should we do capture critique? Oh shoot, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, let me find an image. Do you want to find an image? <laughs> yeah, I to- I got so used to having guests on and us not doing it that I did not think about it for today. Finding an image was a little bit of a struggle for me cuz I again, I don't have my hard drive with my photos. <laughs> oh yeah. Hmm. All right, well, we're going to edit this and now we're going to cut to when uh I've actually found an image. Okay, let's get into it. <laughs> Sorry for that delay, everyone. Ooh, this is cool. Okay, so um, this is a photo shoot image. I'm going to say confidently. Um, I really like it. So it's at, I would guess, sunset, not sunrise, because you are not a morning person. 
(laughs) 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 Um, But it's really beautiful. The sun is setting behind the dancer. So it's like backlit um, in this like outdoor space. It's like inside of like a metal structure that almost looks like an amphitheater that's like deconstructed or something with like a big pile of wood. It's really cool. Um, The first thing that I notice is getting... I've been like trying a lot to get so when you shoot pictures outside like portraits and stuff like this is a really common look having the light behind but it's very hard to like meter properly and get the the background so it's not fully blown out and actually so that the dancer isn't like a silhouette so I really like the way that it's exposed like you can see you know um the dancer is well lit with the sky behind which almost makes me wonder if you had like a fill flash or a reflector okay questions anyway (laughs) um it's very wide angle i would guess like 16 to 35 millimeter lens maybe more on the 20 something millimeter range um iso 800 or maybe less could it be 100 yeah ISO 100 and... Wow, you jumped a lot from 800 to 100. (laughs) Yeah, that was a big jump. But, you know, I'm just thinking because I was taking photos outside into the sun like this last night and I was trying to remember. I always feel like it's going to be more dark than it actually is. Like, I'm always surprised by how much light I actually have. Okay, I'm going to say ISO 100, 20-ish millimeters, F5.6... And one two hundredth of a second. I feel wow, like nice I'm job. Far, am I really far off? No, that was much. Your your initial guesses were way far off. But then when you changed your guess, <laughs> it was actually much closer. Uh, so. Oh, this is good. The, for some reason, this was a hard one. It was f four, uh, shutter speed one over two hundred, ISO one hundred. At 16 millimeters. So good job. Wow. Okay. Wow. This was. Yeah. When you said 35, I was like, ooh, no, no, not quite. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Although to be fair, I think I might've cropped it in a little bit. I don't remember. It was on a 16 to 35 millimeter lens, right? Yeah. Shot at 16 millimeters. At 16, not 20 ish. Yeah. But I might've cropped it a little bit. It looks like less distorted. Around the edges. Yeah. That's why I was, that's why I said, I think I might've cropped it. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually though, this was actually at sunrise, not sunset. Wow. Shocking. (laughs) I'm shocked. (laughs) This is with my friend, Courtney Darlington. Uh, she's an an incredible dancer, but she was living at a near VCU at the time because that's where she went to school. And so I drove over before the sun rose and we did a photo shoot with her and, and our other friend, Hannah. Um, and I did a video shoot, actually, because I was doing this whole like site-specific project where I was trying to collaborate with dancers and musicians to create like a short dance film. So I did one separately with both of them. And then I did also a couple pictures of them together. And this this was some like park that was right by VCU that was had these like abandoned structures. And it was just it was a really cool park. I forget the name. It's but, super um, interesting. I want to go there. Yeah, it was really cool. And this was actually before I owned a 16 millimeter lens. Um, So I had rented it because I knew I wanted that for the video parts of the project. 
Uh, so this was me just kind of experimenting wow, with cool. uh, using a wide angle lens for the first time, actually. So this was a really fun project for me. Um, yeah. And this was her just improvising. And I had her moving slowly. And I would say, you know, say like, stop here, stop there. But this is just catching a moment in improvisation with the sun rising behind her. So I'm guessing because this was a while ago, you didn't use any sort of flash. Nope. That's all natural light. Did you have to lighten the shadows on her a lot? Or was it exposed like this basically out of camera? Uh, This was a while ago, but I think it was pretty much right out of camera like that. I don't know why I'm struggling with this so much right now. Well, the sky is actually very blown out. Like you can't see clouds or anything. So I did definitely meter for her. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the way to do this for people listening is that you properly exposed for the person in the front but that causes the sky to be really bright in the back so also because it's going through the trees i think it's you can still sort of see the shape of the sun sometimes like if the trees weren't there i think the sky would have just been fully white so that the trees sort of create the shape of where the light is coming from which i really like um yeah and i like to i happen to just kind of catch it right by her head too which was cool yeah it's um I don't know. It's just, it's easy to get like a really bright spot on the top of their head or like a really blown out area or something. Well, and I think what helped was because this was the sun rising, not setting. So it actually wasn't super bright yet. Like the the strength of the light I found is higher when the sun is setting than when it's rising. Like when it's rising, it still takes, it takes a little bit for it to like, it's almost like it's powering up. It almost feels like sometimes versus when the sun is setting, it really stays consistent until the sun is down all the way. So like sun sunset with the sun in that position, it feels like it would have been the light quality would have been different. It would have been a little bit warmer probably. And I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm still working on that, too. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think honestly, I think I just got lucky with this because I definitely didn't know as much back then when I took this picture. So. Yeah, if there were clouds, too, that would have really helped. Um, But Mm -hmm. I've just been looking a lot at, like, Instagram pages where people do, like, outdoor shoots around golden hour, like, sunrise, sunset. And I've noticed a lot of people tend to, like, underexpose their subjects so that the background is less white and blown out and is more, like, golden. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, there are a couple of different ways to do that because if you do that and then you brighten the shadows later, it starts to create that, like, HDR kind of look, which is good and bad depending on what you're going for or you have to use flash to light the subject yeah or sometimes the subject is just underexposed and that's or yeah more like a silhouette (laughs) shadowy figure yeah yeah i don't know this this image is just interesting because i've been like practicing this lighting look outside every single night (laughs) and i i know it's not that easy to do so i really like it thanks any feedback for me or should we move on to yours i don't know i there's kind of a lot happening in the image. Um, I would have maybe darkened some of the areas on the right side in post um, to draw a little bit more attention to her. But I also kind of like that she's just like the same brightness almost as all of the pile of wood and there's a lot going on in it. Um, that's kind of the only thing I can think of. And it could have been cool to do it even... Well, it was 16 millimeters. I guess it does look really wide angle, but I kind of want to see more of this like abandoned structure on top. 
Like I'm thinking yeah. of some of the other images you've done that have been like really wide angle where it's like you really see the structure like crossing the top of the image. Yeah, well, I was looking at a bunch of the other images from this shoot, and there are definitely some where I was more zoomed out, but then she looked really small in it. So right. I think it's a it's a weird balance. I think maybe if I had, if I were to do this again, I would back up a, a little bit, but then make her come even closer to the camera. So she was still bigger, but you could see more mm. of the structure, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, actually for this particular one, I like how it's more compressed, so there isn't any like distortion on her body. Because yeah. the tricky thing with wide-angle lenses, the closer you get, the more distortion there is. And especially when they're improvising, it's hard to, you know, make sure they're more centered in the frame. So I think that might have been why I I was shooting more zoomed out, but then I cropped in later to get less distortion on her body. Yeah, it definitely doesn't have, like, that really wide-angle feel, which I like. It looks more like how you would actually see it with your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um and compositionally, I like that there's this like open space, like it, it has a narrative to it. It's like what has happened with all of these trees in this place. But there's like this hole that's perfect <laughs> this dance floor clearing. size. <laughs> yeah. Like what? <laughs> um, yeah. It honestly kind of looks like a site specific performance shot. It could have been, honestly, because we also filmed some stuff there. So um, I, I can send you the, the video that I made oh, yeah. from this. It was pretty cool. Cool. I think that's all I have to say about it right now. Okay, cool. Well, let me look at your image. Uh, all right. So this is a performance shot. <laughs> surprise, <and> surprise. <laughs> <laughs> it's a duet. There's one dancer lying on her side facing away from the audience, and the other dancer has their hands on the other person. Um, it's pretty tight, so I want to say this is like a 200-millimeter shot, uh, pretty tightly cropped in, um, like 1 over 200 F. 2.8 ISO uh, like 1600 because they don't seem to be moving too fast um, and I like it it's it's nice how um you have like their heads are stacked on top of each other and it's ver- it's very much in the center of the image so you know very clearly where to see and there's kind of an equal amount of empty negative space on on both sides of their heads um, and so the framing is really nice but there's like a there's a a bigger gap above the dancer on the left, so it kind of leads you into the image still. Um, yeah, I like it. I honestly don't have any feedback. Thanks. Did I get my settings right? Um, what it, <laughs> you were right about two hundred millimeter. This was actually taken before I had the seventy to two hundred millimeter zoom. Um, so two hundred millimeter prime lens, I think. Oh, nice. Um. I couldn't listen to what you were saying because I was panicking that my metadata doesn't say the ISO. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then what did you say for f-stop and exposure? uh, Uh, F2.8 ISO 1600. What about um, shutter speed? 1 over 200. Oh, okay. Um, That's weird. The shutter speed is 1 over 125, which is lower than than I would do now. This was taken a while ago. Um, so that's kind of interesting. I mean, it's pretty sharp, though. Yeah, I think they were really still. And I guess I was sitting... I would have taken this photo sitting, like, curled up in a ball, like a little tripod. So, <laughs> hey, I, mean, I hey, guess you can shoot you a it. lower shutter speed than maybe acceptable. Um, but, yeah, that's interesting. And then I was at f3.2, which is also odd, because I would have now probably shot this at f2.8. Because huh. they're, they're on the same plane, you know? 
Yeah. And also when you're dealing with like 200 millimeters, things are far enough away that the range of what's in focus is pretty deep for f2.8. You know, it gets shallower as the subject is closer to you. Um, mm -hmm. So these guys were far away, given that a lot of their bodies are in the frame for 200 yeah. millimeters. So like... And they're very close to each other. Fascinating. Okay. I'm really like... I'm digging photos off of... I'm taking them off of my website because my external hard drive with all of my performance images <laughs> longer ago than... I have everything from like Bates onward. With but you right now? I yeah with me but i feel like you've seen all of those images like they're, they've been i don't know <laughs> <laughs> they're like recent images and well it sounds I'm trying like to pull things off the archive well it feels like you need to go find some dancers in this small town of yours and do some photo shoots then i mean yeah for our capture critique <laughs> hey I mean, local the, dancers <laughs> yeah because i mean the the social dis distancing measures are definitely much less strict i think right where you are now than new york so oh I feel definitely like you, more than new york yeah yeah actually have you thought about doing any like business photography stuff while you're there definitely thought about it um the first thing i did was i made an online gallery to sell landscape prints i think i mentioned that a while ago so but that's far. not local though that's like that's for anyone i meant i mean like specifically like finding clients living around you um yes i have thought about it i think i might wait like a week or two because a lot of the restrictions in michigan are like picking up kind of rapidly mm. right now like they're just okay. now allowing people to golf as long as you like have your own cart you're allowed to go golfing <laughs> oh. um and like a lot of things that were once closed are now opening so i feel like in a week ish it would be kind of acceptable to do that um but yeah like i'm on the beach so it'd be perfect to get like local studio dancers to do yeah. photo shoots um so yeah i'm gonna look into that um and then i would have some more stuff for capture critique <laughs> it's all about <laughs> capture critique really it's not about business <laughs> just having content for the podcast oh <laughs> uh, man that's funny yeah cool nice well um yeah i, I mean honest and again with especially with things where it's like a performance it's hard to give feedback but i honestly don't really have feedback for this to begin with it looks really cool. nice yeah, I was thinking about um, I was thinking about that earlier today because I found a couple images that I took like long before I did performance photography. I had a camera and I had the camera with me at an outdoor dance performance and took a few photos. They're really really bad, so I can't post them on Instagram, but I'll send them to you. <laughs> but I was thinking we can put about them on our still in motion Instagram. Oh, I yeah, I could. Ooh, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know if they can be on the internet. I'll think about it. <laughs> Um, but I was thinking about how like we we're trying to give each other feedback in capture critique, but I'm really only showing you my favorite images. Oh, that's true. Yeah, like I'm not showing you the ones that I don't so like. Or I guess it's hard to think about like what what kind of feedback is helpful. Yeah, well, because also like if we don't show what's not good, it's because we already know what we would want to fix. You know, it's like <laughs> right. So yeah, we're already showing know. images that we generally like. Yeah. But then it's like, I don't want to put a ton of images out there that I think are really bad just for the purpose of like, I don't know. We'll need to think about it because <laughs> yeah. it's it's fun to give like really good feedback or like to talk more about like how you lit the one that you showed today, like that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But like in a performance, it's like you really don't have that much control over it. And both of us at this point, I think are really able to capture images in performance pretty well. We've been doing it for a while. 
Yeah. So it's so, like, well, well, what do you do? Ask them to turn the lights up more, or like, <laughs> you shouldn't you shouldn't have been sitting in that corner. But it's like that's the only spot that was available for you to sit in. I feel like a lot of the times you're working with pretty extreme constraints, and like the show, yeah, for sure. Yeah, which is what I love about it so much. It's like you have to make something out of this thing that you have no control over. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, no, oh. we should think about it. And um, actually, we we don't have time to talk about it now. So maybe next time when it's just the two of us but i need to send you this video um tony northrup posted a video about how um it's not the high iso that creates noise but it's a high shutter speed that creates noise what and i watched the video and i was like i kind of agree with him and the way he showed it made sense but i was like but in my head i was like but wait so anyways, I need to send it to you and then we can maybe discuss it next time we have a conversation with just the yeah, two of us. Yeah, right off the bat, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. But, but we um, won't get into it right now. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, because wow, actually this is going into 45 minutes now. So we should, let's time do our discovery of the week and then we'll get out of here. Did you remember discovery of the week? <laughs> I, I did, did you? <laughs> yeah, I, I did this. Yeah. <laughs> that one I did remember. remember. <laughs> well, do you want to uh, go first? Sure. So, uh, my actually, I'm okay. I'm very excited because I've been doing so much research, and then I found this platform. So, uh, because I've been doing so much live streaming things for Dance Place, uh, I've been trying a lot of things. You know, everyone's been doing the like Zoom calls, and then Facebook Live and YouTube Live, and we've been connecting Zoom through uh, Vimeo. But then there's this site called Streamyard that I highly recommend if you're trying to do more of a presentation kind of live stream event not so much like um a class or anything like that but uh it's so good and there's a free version but it's all online you don't have to download anything so your computer doesn't have to be as powerful as say like hosting a zoom call takes a lot more work uh, on your computer specs and like hosting it on posting onto facebook um but Streamyard, there's a free version you can have up to six people at once on the screen uh you have you can do branding elements you can do overlays there are transitions you can still share your screen to play videos and it's just so smooth and good and you can post you can broadcast it to multiple platforms at the same time so you can connect your facebook and your youtube and your twitch even and like you can do custom destinations like vimeo and like it's just crazy and it can it has like it can pull in comments from Facebook onto the platform so you don't have to like have a separate tab open to monitor comments and like oh it's so good. So I highly recommend StreamYard. There's a free version and then you can pay for some other features. Uh but yeah, I highly recommend it. Like actually honestly, I thought about if we were to ever do a like video version of this podcast, we should definitely do it through StreamYard cuz you can record it without actually streaming it. So you can use it as like a video recorder. But you can, you know, add animations, you can add overlays, you can add, you know, our like still in motion logo and like it's so good. So, yeah, we should we should do that then because like we did the video capture critique when we were actually in person. But we could do another video. Oh, that would be fun. A video episode or even we could just do another video capture critique episode where we like dig more into like we show each other more images and stuff. Because I think that is the problem is because it's like our listeners can't see the images so we have to describe I mean, them. If they're listening to the podcast, they still can't see it. But then they, they could go on Instagram and, and watch us seeing it. Yeah. But if we do a video segment again, we can get more into, like, we can each show more images. And that's true. I don't know. Something to think about. That's true. 
Um, okay, my discovery of the week is that I've been spending a lot of time trying to learn how to use Photoshop better. Um, I've been watching like a creative live class on it and just like trying a lot of things because I don't know, I don't love like photoshopping every single image or anything like that but i want to feel like if i need to use it or if somebody asks me to use it it's like a thing that i'm capable of um and it's not like i'm just not doing it because i don't understand how to use it so Mm -hmm. i've been learning it a lot and i did um i took a picture of the moon uh like maybe a week ago when it was like a very thin crescent you could see the earth shine on like the other half of it so you could see both sides of it but one was you know the darker side and then the crescent um but like a camera can't expose for both of those uh-huh. so i took like a picture of the crescent part and then a, a different picture of the other larger moonshine part and i spent so much time trying to figure out how to like composite them in a way that looked natural um but i figured it out so pretty cool um a good Wait, so how did you do challenge. it challenge how you did I do e- it? Well, at least like throw out some keywords <laughs> so like people can. So okay, so people, you take. So I can look it up. <laughs> yeah, you take two photos. The trick is that the edge on the crescent side has like the black night sky right next to the bright part. So uh-huh. it's a question of how do you get rid of that? Like, how do you mask it out in a way that still has that like gradient on the edge so it looks natural? Because otherwise, you can see like a black strip around uh-huh. it, if that makes sense. I think so. So, what I ended up doing is the picture that's underneath with the the larger part of the moon the moonshine part has like a very bright blown out crescent where the crescent was because it's Uh too bright because you're exposing for the dark side of the moon um so if you just stack the crescent that you want on top of the other one um and then if you switch the top blending mode to screen and or lighten either one kind of works what it's doing is it's taking the lighter parts of the image basically anything in the top layer that's darker than what's below disappears so you end up seeing the crescent and the moon at the same time but the problem is the crescent is on top of such a bright part you have to fill that in are you following this at all it took me like four uh, hours a, a little bit but i feel like this might be too much for the podcast so maybe we'll, we'll i think we should this. talk about this we're getting later. a little too technical but cool okay so hey, blend modes you ask. blend modes people no, I am very interested. I am very interested, but I feel like this is dragging it on for our discovery um, yeah. week. So. <laughs> yeah. Nope. It's um. We can end this here. I get Photoshop. Send us an email if you want a tutorial on how to do it. I had to actually figure it out on my own. I couldn't find any good tutorials. So. Oh, cool. Well, that that honestly, that's such a good feeling when you like problem solve it and figure it out on your own. Yeah, I tried so many things too. So many different things, and so many of them looked really bad. <laughs> <laughs> we should post so, a couple of those. Uh, some of the bad ones or some of the good ones. We can some do both. Some of the bad ones. Well, yeah. you start with the good one and then you show all the bad ones. You know, like all, at, the whole know. series. Yeah, yeah. yeah, do a little Instagram carousel. Anyways, yeah. we should definitely wrap this Let's up. Let's end this right now. <laughs> um, well, thank you, everyone, and make sure you are following us on Instagram, Still in Motion Podcast, where we post all of the capture critique stuff and some other random behind the scenes pictures whenever we feel like it or remember to do stuff um you can also email us at still in at gmail.com we have a bunch of guests coming up um and so if you have guests that you think will be fun or if you want to be a guest uh or you know anything like that definitely let us know um and make sure you follow us on our personal instagrams Catherine is Catherine.butler and i am at jsu media And thank you to Shannon McConnell for our podcast music and Amanda Blythe 
for our graphic design. And we'll see everybody next week with a guest. Woo! Can't wait. Bye. Bye. Okay, wait. Explain this Photoshop thing to me now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs>